Psalms 101. We're going to read this whole chapter, and then after we read it, I want you to see, or as we read this, after we get done, I want to see if you can guess what I'm going to be preaching about tonight. So Psalms 101 says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all the wicked doers from the city of our Lord. Can anybody guess what I'm going to be preaching about tonight? Tolerance? Uh, no, but that is going to be that will be touched on. All right, that that will be touched on. I'm going to be talking about television tonight. I, I don't know how you could read Psalms 101 and not see television all over there. I mean, I th- I think they had TVs back then. You know, that's what I think personally. And you know when you know some of the battles and things came place and they destroyed, it destroyed their technology and it took thousands. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I, I, I you could probably find somebody that believes that as a conspiracy theory. I'm sure somebody on the internet. Uh, has got videos out there telling you how they, they used to have this technology back then and they had televisions. And I'm sure somebody believes it. If I wanted to start that, I could get a following. Uh, but I'm, I'm just being funny. I'm just making that up. But I will set no wicked thing before mine eye. That's the title of the message tonight. And so one of the things we need to realize, one of the priorities in our life, as a Christian, we're saved, we're on our way to heaven. And obviously, you know, we, if you, I ask, what's the most important thing we can do? You know, I mean, winning souls is something that often comes up. But I, you know, that's something very specific. But in a general sense, you know, the main thing we're supposed to do is glorify God. You know, that's, I mean, we're here for His pleasure. And one of the things that God wants from us is God wants us to walk with Him. We see that Enoch was somebody who walked with God. And he was somebody who pleased God, the Bible says. And the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. God wants us to be people of faith people who please Him. And it ought to be our desire as a Christian that, you know what, hey, I want to have a walk with God. I want to be close to Him. I want to have a real relationship with Him. I don't want to just have salvation. I want to have salvation and I want to have a close walk with Him. And I want to get all I can in this salvation. And it says in verse 1, I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. Once again, this is a song. Okay, This is something they would sing. And in this song... He's singing about some things that he's going to do. And he says, I will behave myself wisely. Our behavior is important. Okay? The trendies today, you know, they're, you know, it's all about grace, grace, grace. And they don't ever want to talk about behavior. They don't want to talk about the importance of good behavior. You know, and then you've got the, you know, a lot of people in the old IFB, it's like they, when they preach, if you don't have good behavior, they just say you're not saved. You know? And then the trendies, they'll say, no, you're saved, you don't even need to worry about it. But the truth is, you know, you can be saved and not have good behavior, but you know what? You should have good behavior. It ought to be your desire to have good behavior and do things right. And he says, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Did you know the church is not the only place where we're supposed to be spiritual? You know, you shouldn't just come to church 
to get with God, even though that is a benefit of coming to church. You know, it, coming to church, it'll put you in that spiritual mood. You're around God's people. You're singing the songs and hymns and spiritual songs. You're reading the Bible. You're hearing preaching from the Word of God. That's going to get you in a spiritual mood, and that's good. But you know what? We ought to try to do the same thing in our homes. In our house, we ought to try to have that perfect heart. We ought to be walking with God on a daily basis in our house. And we ought to desire to have that presence of God in our lives. He's wondering when He's going to come unto me. He wants God near Him. He wants Him close. And turn over to Romans chapter 7 and verse 23. And this is a psalm of David. We know that David was a man after God's own heart. We know that David had serious issues. You know, he made some pretty big mistakes. But we know David, you know, he, he at least wanted to do the right thing. David meant well. He wanted to have that close relationship with God. While his, you know, flesh often got in the way, his heart was in the right place. And look what it says in uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 23. It says, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh, the law of sin. Okay? The Apostle Paul, he had kind of the same problem. You know, in his mind and in his heart, he desires to be close to God, but his flesh would often get in the way. And when it comes to the television, all right, it, that's all about the flesh, isn't it? You know, that's all about just you know pleasing the flesh, us giving ourselves what our, our flesh desires, and it's usually not spiritual stuff. It's usually not good stuff. And we see here, the psalmist is saying, when I'm walking in my house, I want to have a perfect heart. I want my heart to be right in my house. And we've, that, we've got to make sure that's our desire. Many people today, they're not, they don't ever really think about being close to God. They don't think about having the right kind of heart. It's just not on their mind. It's not on their radar. Part of it's because they're not in the Scriptures. They're not praying. They're not in church. They're not around the things of God. And if you're not around those things, you know... You're not, you're not just going to automatically feel spiritual. Okay? Even if you get saved, there's going to be something there. Okay? It's going to start something in your heart and in your life. But do you understand that even if you get saved, if you don't get in church, if you're not in your Bible, if you're not around the things of God, you're not just going to automatically start being spiritual. It's not going to happen. You've got to, you've got to put a real effort into it. And if we're good Christians, we're going to be longing to be like Christ. Turn over to Titus chapter 2 and verse 7. Okay, in Titus 2, uh, 12, uh, 13, one of the most well-known verses about the rapture, about looking for that blessed hope. And, you know, I got rebuked again this week for, you know, stealing blessed hope because, uh, you know, I don't believe that the rapture is imminent. Therefore, you know, I'm taking away people's blessed hope. But people, they never look at context. They never look at context. They take a verse and they let it they just run with it. But let's look at some context. And in Titus chapter 2, verse 7, it says, In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. Sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, 
<clears throat> not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God and the Savior in all things. Okay, this whole chapter so far, starting from verse 1, we didn't even read all the verses. It's talking about our behavior, isn't it? It's talking about how we should behave. And a lot of these things that are mentioned are not necessarily things that we want to do or our flesh wants to do. Okay, but as Christians, you know, if I said, you know, who wants to be a good Christian, you know, we'd all raise our hands. You know, how many of you like to be the greatest Christian ever lived? You know, we'd raise our hands probably. Unless we really thought about it. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) There's usually some pretty good sacrifices there. But I think we desire to be a good Christian. But what is it that usually gets in the way? It's our flesh, isn't it? It's it's our flesh that gets in the way. So he's talking about all these, these things about behavior. And then he says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us, that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Okay, the grace of God teaches us those things. The grace of God doesn't teach like the trendies say that you know we've got grace, therefore behavior doesn't matter. No, the grace of God teaches us to deny certain things. Okay, and a lot of the things that the grace of God teaches us to deny are things that our flesh wants. Many people they have this attitude, you know, they'll see some real, you know, old godly saint of God and they think, you know, I wish I was like them and I didn't struggle with sin. Like they don't have any temptations. That's foolish. Everybody has temptations. Everyone has his flesh. There's just some people that are doing a better job, you know, keeping the flesh in check than other people. You know, there's some people that, you know, they've been successful in that area, but the truth is you know, the grace of God, it's teaching us that, and we're, we're trying to be that way. We're trying to be like Christ, but it's a battle. It's a struggle. And people who are godly, truly godly people, they want to be like Christ. They want to be that perfect man. They, they want that in their life. And so what do they do? They're looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of, our, of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself, uh, a, a purifying Himself of peculiar people, zealous of good works. Okay? So right there we see that that blessed hope and the glorious appearing, that blessed hope is that we're going to be like Christ one of these days. And that happens at the rapture. Okay? So the blessed hope is that at the rapture, we're not going to deal with this flesh anymore. Okay? The song Sweet Hour of Prayer, there's a line in there, I don't know if I'll get this exactly right, but it talks about this robe of flesh. I'll drop. Something like that. I rise. Something like that. To seize the everlasting skies. Okay? That writer, uh, I, the robe of flesh I'll drop, I know that part's in there. That's all I really needed. Okay? I'm usually better at remembering lines of songs, but I've I, I got to sing through it and I don't feel like doing that right now. But what that's the songwriter was basically saying in there is, you know what? They're looking, they're, you know, they're looking forward to getting rid of this flesh and being like Christ. That's something they were looking forward to. But what did the '70s generation do with the blessed hope? They started teaching eminence. They started teaching it can happen at any moment. Rapture's going to come, and you won't have to worry about those bills anymore. You know, you won't have to worry. You know. All these problems, you know that you know, you know, you got in a fight 
with your wife on the way to church, and you know, you know you're really going to be in for it tonight. Maybe the rapture will come and get you out of here. You won't have to have you know round two. You know, and I mean, just all these carnal things they go to, and they they get people excited about the rapture for all these things. But the truth is, all these problems people are having is because of their flesh, because of sinful flesh. That's why they have all these problems. And so people have they've made the rapture just this escape from trouble. And it will be an escape from trouble, but when the Bible's talking about the blessed hope and looking forward and all these things, it's not so we'll escape the trouble, it's so we'll be like Christ. That was the thinking. And but the thinking today is just completely changed. And partly because of bad doctrine. Bad doctrine's what got people thinking that way, and it's hard to get this out of people's head. It doesn't matter how much context you show them. It doesn't matter how much scripture you show, it's hard it was hard to get it out of my head. That was one of the biggest things I struggled with. Uh, but you know, once I looked at context, I'm like, yeah, I don't see anything in there about you know the blessed hope is escaping trouble. The blessed hope is us not have to go through tribulation. I don't see anything in Titus where we're promised to not have to go through tribulation. I do see in Titus where it's talking about our flesh and how we need to have victory over it and how we need to be like Christ and how we need to have good behavior. And it looks like all of a sudden when it gets to chapter 2, it talks about how one of these days we're going to have that so, um, you know, those, those things were a, a huge help to me. But our blessed hope is that we're going to one day be like Christ. And right now, if we're having a walk with God, if we're spiritual people, we're going to want to have a good heart. We're going to want to be spiritual. We're going to want to be like Christ. And so look at verse 3 again of Psalms 100. It says, I will set no wicked thing for an eye. So I'm going to walk within my house with a perfect heart. So I will set no wicked thing before mine eye. I hate the works of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave unto me. The reason David didn't want to set anything wicked thing before him is because he wanted to have a good heart. That was why. That was why. You know, the trendies, they look at all these commands in the Bible, the stuff in the Old Testament that they don't want us preaching about, and all they see are just rules, rules, rules. Yeah, and you know why they see it that way? Because they're sold out to the flesh. That side's turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. So they just see rules, 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 and they don't want to be bothered with rules. You know, because they're not interested in having a good heart. They're not interested in walking with Christ. Okay, but that person who's walking with Christ, that spiritual man. They understand that, you know what, hey, I'm not condemned by the law. Jesus Christ paid for my sins, but this law, it shows me what is good. In fact, when we admit we're a sinner, we are consenting to the law that it is good, according to Romans. We're admitting that the law is good. So what I'm going to do, if I want to please God, I'm going to say, you know what, I know I don't have to do anything to go to heaven. I've received the free gift, but you know what, I sure would like to please God. How do I do it? Old Testament will tell you how to do that. Old Testament will tell you that. And we see that God wants us to have a good heart. So, you know, we're not going to set wicked things before our eyes. We're not going to look at stuff that would mess with our heart. We're not going to look at things that will turn our hearts away from the things of God. Why? Because we don't want those things rubbing off on us. He said, it shall not cleave unto me. I'm not going to let these things cleave unto me and listen, what we watch affects our behavior. Okay? It's 
And if you want to argue with that, I'm sorry, I don't argue with idiots, okay? I mean, what we watch affects our behavior. And if you can't figure that out, if you can't see that, you know, you're, you're too stupid to help, alright? I'm sorry, everybody else in the world would admit that. The things we see, the things we watch, they're going to affect our behavior. I, I remember when I was at my dad's church, they had the basketball team, and volleyball team over there, and I remember we were playing this one church, this one church in particular. We only played them a few times, mostly because they were idiots. And uh, we didn't... We just we didn't like them. We quit playing with them. And um, I remember their their two coaches. All right, okay, these guys were both Hiles graduates. So I'm not I'm not blaming Hiles on or anything. But I just remember they, they're these these two Hiles guys, and they, they were just idiots. And I, they might have been great preachers and all that stuff. But when they were coaching basketball, they had the worst attitudes. My wife probably knows what I'm talking about. And I remember I was well, I was would video the games and do commentary and stuff like that. Just run them out the time, and I would watch these guys, and you know what? I would watch them. They acted just like basketball coaches in the NBA. You know, we've all seen how the coaches and the players act. You know, we've all watched it. We know how you're supposed to react whenever the ref makes a bad call. You know, we all know. We all know. And these guys, man, they just they had it down. You could tell they watch a lot of basketball, and it's like they really focus on the coaches. And I remember I would just stand up there. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be videoing the games and just watching them, thinking, "You morons!" Okay, I understand you want to be a good coaches and you're learning from watching the NBA, but you know what? You don't have to follow their behavior. These are lost people, all right? Nobody expect you know. It's fine if you want to coach like them and how you do plays and how you do something with your team, but you don't need to mimic their behavior. And I'd see the same thing too with some of the boys in the school. Whenever the ref would make a bad call or they'd get mad, they would act just like a bunch of thugs in the NBA. And there were many, many times in school, I'd talk to some of these guys. I didn't coach them or anything, but there were times I'd bring it up, especially when I was a youth director when I'd be teaching teen class. I'm like, listen, I know that's how they act in the NBA. But this is not the NBA. It's a Christian school. Okay? Yeah, I might get mad too if I was making millions of dollars and it was that serious. But you guys think of basketball. You have no future in basketball. And you're, you're going to act like that you know, because of a bad call? You know, not worth it. Okay, so you lost the game. Not going to affect your life one bit. You know, you don't, you're, not, you're never going to make any money in this thing. But I would see that and it would, just, it would irritate me. You know, where did it come from? They want from who they watched on television. You know, as a youth director too, I, I, you know, I said I've never been caught up with all the television shows and what everybody's watching. But I remember, you know, I've, I've always been behind on everything like that. But I would always notice, start noticing things with the teens, just like stuff they would wear, maybe weird phrases, weird hairdos. And I would just see things that, you know, it's just like, you know, have you ever just seen a, a hair, somebody's hairdo and you thought, why would they do that? All right, you, you know, it's like, that just looks stupid. Or, or just somebody's outfit choice. And you're like, why would they do that? You know, why are all the females doing this? You know, why are all the guys doing this? Why? Okay, what, what's the purpose of that? And usually, I, you know, I would notice these little trends going on. And then maybe I would hear all the teens talking about some movie or some TV show. And I would watch it. And all of a sudden, when I'd watch those shows, I would find out exactly why they were dressing the way they were. Why they were saying, I'm like, that's where they got it. You know, they got that from, you know, 
Lizzie McGuire was one of them. I remember when I was youth. You know, she's she's not doing anything anymore. But I remember that. I remember. I remember. I saw some of that, and then all of a sudden, it gave me some revelations, and it gave me some ideas of some things I'm going to go preach against in teen class. And um, but you know, they're watching that junk on TV, and it rubs off on them. You know, you hear me harp on skinny jeans all the time. Okay, why would anyone wear why would anyone wear skinny jeans? Well, if you're watching queers on TV all the time, you're seeing people dress like that. That's going to rub off on you. It doesn't. That doesn't even make sense. My wife accidentally bought some for Jason. You know, she got the wrong kind of jeans, and he like comes out and he's just like you know kind of pulling on his pants on the, around the thighs. Like these jeans are really tight, and you know they you know he's kind of walking funny and everything. And I was like, your mom got you skinny jeans, and she said they were a regular fit. But yeah, you know, maybe I told her I was like, you got to get certain brands because apparently. That's considered regular fit now, all right? But they were just—they were really tight around the thighs. It was gross. But that doesn't make sense. Why would you wear pants that are tight around the thighs? You know, there, there's there's no logical reason for that. Okay? Why would people do, all all these weird things people do? Why would somebody stretch a big hole out in their ear? You know? Why would somebody you know pierce their eyebrow or their lip or their tongue or whatever? Why would somebody do that? You know why? Because they're watching that stuff on television. Every day, they're seeing these things and they pick up on it. And it rubs off on them. And people think, you know, it doesn't, you know, they, they think it doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. Okay? I remember, um, you know, at my dad's church too, one of the big crazes it went through. And I don't know, and this was pretty recent, this was even after we left, but it's like, if you went to anything there, Everybody was wearing Under Armour. And you, I mean, it was like, if you weren't wearing Under Armour, you know, you were a loser. I mean, just, I remember I was, we were there for something, it was, I don't know if it was like a hayride or something, and it was like the Under Armour convention. Everybody's wearing like Under Armour hoodies. And I'm just like, you know, this, this is weird, okay? It reminded me of, I kind of had the same thought the last year we went to Pilots. My wife knows where I'm going with this. Last year we went to Pilots. My wife and Abby, they were wearing one of those scarves, you know, that you just, that are like, I don't know, a scarf. You know, not like the winter scarves, but I don't know what they're called. What's that? Infinity scarf. Okay, infinity scarf. Just learned a new thing. And I remember every school there, you know, they would like wear the matching outfits and things for performance and stuff. And every one of the schools, the girls... All were wearing those scarves. And I remember I'm looking like, man, look at all these. Everybody's wearing these scarves. What is the deal with all these scarves? Everybody's wearing it. You know, and there's nothing wrong with them. And then I remember I looked at my wife and I looked at my daughter and they're wearing them too. <laughs> I remember I'm sitting there in church and I looked at my wife and I was like, are we in a cult? <laughs> and I was like, you know, the infinity scarf cult. You know, and I, I don't know who started that. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But obviously, I, I want to know where that started. I, and when I see things like that, I want to know where it originates, all right? Because we're obviously following somebody. I don't know who it is. And I never figured that one out. But I want to know who started the Infinity Scarf trend because it was big. But I'd see all these things. And I remember with the Under Armour one, the big thing, too, when all that got started was Duck Dynasty. And I remember watching the Duck Dynasty, and those guys were always wearing Under Armour all the time. And, you know, is, there, is that a coincidence? No, it's called product placement. Companies pay a fortune 
to have people like them wear those things because other people will see it and they're going to want to do it too. Okay, and and that's just stupid. You know, I can care less what the Duck Dynasty guys wear. Now, if Chuck Norris was wearing it, you know, I might I might do it, but but you know, besides that, uh, I'm just uh, besides that, um, you know, I, I don't really care, but people do, and you do. You watch enough of that stuff, it's going to rub off on you, and some of that's not bad. All right, it's not bad wearing Under Armour. I mean, I think it's stupid to pay an extra thirty dollars for a sweatshirt just because it has an Under Armour logo on it. You know, I think it's stupid to be a free billboard, or not even be a free billboard, to pay money to be a billboard. You know what? I should go buy a bunch of Liberty Baptist t-shirts and then tell people if they pay me, they can be a billboard for our church. I don't know if that will work or not, but <laughs> if, I, if I can get them on television saying it's cool, it's hip, it's trendy, then it would probably work. But we got some of these things, though, they're bad. David didn't want the wickedness to rub it off on him. So he's like, I'm not going to look at those things. And so we need to realize that watching, watching filth on television, it's going to rub off. It's, there, there's, there's no two ways about it. Look at verse 4. It says, A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Okay? He's like, I, I don't want to have that froward heart. I don't want to have that kind of heart. I don't want to have a heart that's against the things of God, a heart that's toward wickedness. I'm not going to let that happen. And so he said, I'm not, I will not know a wicked person. So in his day, okay, it was a lot harder to get to know somebody. You actually had to go and get around them in person. But you know what? Today, because of the television, because of the internet, we can get to know some pretty wicked people. There's a lot of famous people that we've never met, but you feel like you know them, don't you? You know, it's a, it's, it blows my mind how you know, people watch these reality shows. You know, it blows my mind. It just, one of the things that just tells me our country is doomed is the fact that there's you know, shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians. That pe- apparently people watch that because it's still on. You know, it's, those things are still playing. And people watch this stuff. They just watch, they just watch people. Oh, let's see what they do. Who cares? I mean, who really cares what they do? But for some reason, people do. And, you know, we wonder why promiscuity is running rampant when you're watching filth like them. We wonder why perversion is running rampant when their dad is now a female. I mean, think about that. You know, just... And, you know... I mentioned conspiracies earlier. But you know, it's interesting that probably one of the most famous families in the world that people are obsessed with, at the same time when the transgender stuff's getting shoved down our throat, the dad becomes a transgender. Now I think that family is so messed up and so desperate for attention. He probably did it for attention. But I don't know, it's just like that's awful convenient. That the family that's been getting shoved down our throats. I mean, I I see them on the news. I've seen on regular news stories, they're interviewing some of those females like they're they have something to contribute. Are you serious? You know, you see them in magazines everywhere. I mean, I I don't even want to look at them, and yet they're everywhere. I wish I didn't even know who they were. But sadly I do. And then their dad becomes 
a transgender? I don't know. That's just that's kind of a that's kind of a coincidence there. Uh, that's kind of a coincidence. How mu- how much did he get paid for that? I, I'm sure he made a lot of money off of it, but you know, we if we're if we're watching that type of stuff, okay, that those things are going to roll off. That stuff's going to start seeming normal to us, okay? Hey, it freaked a lot of people out when everybody saw that first picture of Bruce Jenner in the bathing suit. All right, but you know what? People are getting used to that kind of stuff. I'm glad to say I still want to vomit when I see that kind of thing, and I, I pray that I'll always want to vomit when I see that type of thing. I, I think I saw one today. I think I saw. Uh, I'm not sure, but it could have just been a girl with a really manly face but I wasn't sure it was very disturbing and it kind of freaked me out to tell you the truth but that stuff should never seem normal to us you know some of these actors I've read some of the stories about some of these actors who've just played on some of these filthy movies and I've read the stories about how when they did these movies when they did some of these scenes I mean they got sick they threw up it made them that sick Doing these things, I, I I heard that happen. I think I heard it on the radio on that Brokeback Mountain. One of those guys like threw up after one of the scenes. You know what that tells me? At that time, the guy wasn't a reprobate. It's still that kind of thing. Still made him sick. One of those guys, I don't know if it was the same one. You know, eventually, you know, was on drugs, and I don't know if he killed himself or just OD'd. But you know, you get involved in that kind of filth, it's gonna mess you up. It's gonna mess with your head. And you know what's sad? These guys are making that filth that makes them sick. And it end, they end up, you know, they're just corrupting everybody else. Everybody else is seeing that. It's being portrayed as normal. I remember when, when that movie came out, I was in a Walmart, and there's these two guys, clearly lost, standing in front of me in line. And they had a whole bunch of those DVDs right up there in the front. And I heard one of those guys, he was like, you know, I'm so sick of him shoving this stuff down our throat. And he threw in a few extra words in there that I can't say. And he was like, it just makes me sick. I'm sick of him shoving this down our throats. And, you know, and he kind of looked at me and I'm just like, I agree. So I wouldn't have said it that way, but I agree. <laughs> and, you know, and it, it makes a normal person, a normal lost person sick. But you know what? It's not, it's not so much anymore. People are getting used to it. Christian people, Christian people are often, you know, they'll, they get offended when you start calling homos names. You know, when you start saying that they're reprobate and that you hate them and stuff like that, they get mad at us for that type of thing. How did that happen? Years and years of television. You know, how is this stuff getting accepted? Years and years of Disney Channel. It'll do that to you. You watch that foolishness. You watch that kind of stuff. It's going to rub off. And television is why homosexuality and stupidity is running rampant in America. And television, it will vex your righteous soul. Alright? Turn over to 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. I'm going to prove this to you. Alright? Now, when it comes to television, what senses... Do you use? Do you do you feel television? Now, do you taste television? No, there's two things. You see and you hear. You see and you hear. And you know what? Because of technology and everything, 
they're making the experience better and better. I mean, you know, the, the graphics and things on these are pretty incredible. Some of these TVs that they have, I mean, it's just, it's incredible how clear the picture is. Some of the audio is extremely impressive. It, they make it quite the experience. But all, because of that, because they've gotten so good at this stuff, you realize it's making it easier for them to manipulate us. It's making it easier for them to send messages and subliminal messages and have all these hidden things in there in the background. A lot of times we not, might not even realize that we're watching. It makes that, that stuff's getting easier and easier for them to do. Now look what it says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. This stuff, it messes with our soul. It says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spare not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that, should, um, that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Okay? His soul was vexed not by anything he did, but in seeing and hearing what they did. Okay? And we're not the ones you know, doing these things. And I know some of it's fake. All right, I know some of that stuff is fake. But you know what? It's going to do something to you if you're watching somebody you know, kill people all the time on television. It's not going to freak you out as bad you know, if you see it in real life. And when people are watching this, all this violence and gore and filth and perversion, even if you're not doing it, it's going to vex your soul. It's going to have an effect on you. And people are seeing this stuff watching hours and hours and hours of it, seeing it in high definition, seeing it, I mean, better and closer than... Everyone, you know, in real life, too, if you actually saw somebody get shot or you saw something violent, you know, our natural tendency, if we see something horrible happen, is to turn away, isn't it? That, that's what we do. But what, is, what do we do when we're watching television? You know, when you're watching television, I mean, you're looking in... And when that person gets shot, you know, you want to see it in slow motion and high def as their brains explode all over the place. And then what do we do? We don't turn away like, wow, that was cool. You know? And we, we think that kind of thing's not going to affect us. And we're all we're scratching our heads wondering why we're having all these school shootings. How can somebody just go shoot up a bunch of kids? I wonder what the guy's been watching all day. What kind of stuff has he been filling his head with? We see that Lot, who was a saved person, his soul was vexed by seeing and hearing those things. What do we think is going to happen to a lost person? There's no telling what's going to happen. So we've got to keep these things in mind. Let's keep reading in verse 9. So he says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. That whole passage that we read, it's just teaching there that you know what? God's going to destroy the wicked. God's going to judge the wicked. And the wickedness that's going on in this world today, God's going to judge it. And we don't need to be sitting there watching it all the time. We don't need to be letting it rub off on us. And we don't need to be vexing our souls with these things. And we see that, that but television, it will it'll vex our soul. And, and notice in verse 10 how it mentions, it makes that statement 
um, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Alright? Now don't worry. Alright? Some of you are thinking, oh, we're not allowed to despise government? Alright? You know, we just had 9-11 yesterday and we're not allowed to despise government? Alright? No, that, that's not what that's talking about, okay? It's okay for us to hate unjust government, people calling stuff government that isn't government. But what it's actually talking about here, when it's talking about government, it just means they hate rules. They hate rules. They hate authority. Okay, I'm all for rules. I'm all, I'm all for authority. I'm all for biblical rules and biblical authority. I'm for justice. I'm for all those things. But these people here that it's talking about in Second Peter, this is how they were in Sodom and all these other places that were destroyed. They were walking after the flesh and lust of uncleanness. In other words, these were people who had just were giving themselves whatever they wanted. Whatever their flesh desired, they withheld nothing back from it. And the Bible says that they despise government. Well, you know what? As sinful man, we have got to have some rules. We've got to have some government in our life. And often, we've got to govern ourselves. Okay? When it comes to what's in your home, when it comes to what's on your television or on your computer, you better have, you've got to have your own government in many cases. Okay? Nobody's, nobody's telling you what to do. If you have cable, okay, who's regulating what you watch? Nobody. Some of us need, might need some government. Alright? I don't like government very much either. And so I don't want somebody to govern me telling me what I can watch, so I just don't have cable. You know, I don't have to worry about it. But same thing too, you know, with, with internet, you gotta do something to regulate it, because if you're not careful, you're just gonna start giving your flesh whatever it wants. And you know why there's so much filth on television today? You know why there's so much perversion? Because it makes money. And you know why it makes money? Because it's what the people want. People want that. People want to see that. They want to see it clearer than ever. They want to see it in high definition. They want to see it in 3D. They want to hear it. They don't. They don't want to even. You know, it's not, it's not enough to just watch it on their 72 inch, you know, ultra high definition t- television at home. They want to go out to the IMAX and see it in just this gigantic screen. Just, just they just can't get enough. It is given their flesh whatever they want. And we need need to understand when we give our flesh whatever we want, it takes us away from God. It messes with our heart. Because unfortunately, what we're seeing on television, it's it's not going to help us. It's not going to help us become better Christians. I need to hurry up because I need to get to the good part of what we need to do. But let's look at a few more. Let's look at uh, these next verses. So, you know, we learn. Or verse four says, "A forward heart shall not shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person." Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart, will not I suffer. Okay, I'm not going to deal with that wicked person. I'm not going to allow them in my life. But you know, television is what brings them in, brings them in. Television is what causes us to love these people. And there should be no place in our heart for the wicked. But you know, a lot of times too, even in cartoons. Okay, and car, or like cartoons, one of the most famous cartoons, you know, like Finding Nemo, Finding Dory. You know, who does the voice of Dory? Ellen DeGeneres. And she doesn't even disguise her voice for anything on there. It sounds like her. Why do they do that? Okay, why? Is it, is it because she was funny? Is it because she does a good job? You know, they, they could have got a voice expert. There's a lot of people who could have done a better job. You know why they use her? So kids will get used to that voice. They'll like that voice. 
And then when they're flipping through the channels, or not, mom's flipping through the channels, and all of a sudden they hear that show, they hear that voice. Hey, who's that? I, I recognize that voice. And then they go and they look at that, you know, short-haired, hideous abomination. That's Dory. I love her. And then they watch her being a weirdo, dancing on her show, having all the filth of the world on her show. And, you know, it, it does that. That don't tell me that stuff's not on purpose. They have queers do voices, and like every cartoon. You know, why do you? Why do we so worry about diversity? in voices for cartoons. They'll have a cartoon about animals, but they have to have diversity in the voices. Okay? I thought, you know, I thought we're supposed to be colorblind. I thought skin color didn't matter. So why are we worried about diversity? Why do we have to make sure we've got a black guy do a voice in a cartoon where nobody's going to see him? Are you saying their voices are different? No. Why is that? You know, and then you got and they even because now homos are part of you know that too. We got to throw them in there too. And I'm not saying you know they can't have different color people, but why? Why do you care? It's a cartoon. Why are we going to make sure we have one of everything represented? It's just it's foolishness. It's just more brainwashing stuff. Well, look what it says in verse six. It says, "Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way." He shall serve me. He wants to have a good heart. Why? Because he wants to be close to God. So he's like, I'm going to keep my eyes on the faithful of the land. I'm going to get around people that are doing right. Those are the people that I'm going to watch. Those are the people that I'm going to keep my eyes on. Those are the ones I want to have working with me. People who have the right kind of heart. The faithful. Now, where are we going to find faithful people? I mean, where's the most likely place to find good people that could be good influences on yourself and on your family? I can't think of anything better than the house of God. I mean, wouldn't it make sense that that would be people of like faith? Those would be the people we follow, you know. And with social media today too, you know, we've got things like social media that unfortunately is often used for bad. But, you know, that can be used for good too. You know what you need to do? You should surround yourself. If you're going to be on there, surround yourself with the faithful. Okay, don't go being friends with all the derelicts and piles of garbage that are out there. You know, well, I can't help it. They're my family. So what? Hey, families survived for thousands of years without social media. Right? You can just, just go put up with them you know, a few times a year at holidays and family reunions and things like that. You don't need to see their junk every day. You don't need to do that. If they're wicked people, if they're not living right, don't be friends with them. Alright? I've got plenty of family members that I have not made friends with on Facebook and stuff like that because I will not know a wicked person. You know, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to be around that junk. I don't want to see their foolishness. I don't want to be vexed with that. I want to surround myself with good people. Those are the ones that I'm going to pay attention to. We need to be paying attention to those who are doing right. Those who are godly. You see, our fate will be the same as those we follow. The Bible says the companion of fools shall be destroyed. And you know, if you want to find out what your problems are, you can probably figure it out by finding out who your friends are. Who are you hanging around with? Who are you watching every day? And that will, that will say so much about you. It's just, it's just a fact of life. Hebrews chapter, you don't need to turn there. 
Um, we'll go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. Says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch your souls. As or not, I'm sorry, verse seven. Remember them uh, which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Pastor Perry talked about this verse on Sunday. Okay, he said, he said, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. You need to look at people who are ahead of you in years. People who are living like you do. And that's the great thing about church. You've got people here that are at an earlier stage than you, and you have some that are at a later stage than you. And those who are having a good end, if you're following those people, you're probably going to have a good end too. Because if a companion of fools should be destroyed, well, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. So you need you need to follow people who have a good conversation. If you're able to look at somebody... And you can tell, man, they're doing right. They're doing good. I mean, things are looking good for them. Those are the kind of people that you want to follow. Those are the people that you need to surround yourselves with, not with the wicked. Okay, if you're having marriage problems and you're on Facebook and you've got a whole bunch of friends who are divorced and having marriage problems, you might want to delete those people. All right, You might want to move on because that stuff's going to rub off on you. And it's amazing how whenever people are having marriage problems, that's when they draw close to these people. You know, all people who are having marriage problems that ended in divorce. Well, that's real smart. Are you trying to save your marriage or just make yourself feel good? They're trying to make themselves feel good. They're trying to give their flesh exactly what it wants. So look at verse 8. I like this part real quick. We'll cover this real quick. I like this though. It says, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all the wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Is that the answer? Do we get to go, you know, take care of the Kardashians and Ellen DeGenerate and all that stuff? Is that what that's talking about? Well, not exactly. See, uh, turn over to 1 Kings chapter 15. 1 Kings chapter 15. It says, and Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as David is, as did David his father. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land, and removed all the idols that his fathers had made, and also Maacah his mother. Even her, he removed from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asa destroyed her idol and burned it by the brook Kidron. But the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all his days. One of the good things that Asa did. He got rid of the queers. And you know what else? He even overthrew his mom for being the queen. And he went and destroyed her idol. That's pretty cool right there that he did that. I, I like that. But here's the thing. David and Asa, and I believe when Asa got rid of the Sodomites, I believe, I don't think he just drove them out of land. I think he killed them. Alright? That's my opinion. Okay? He said, I will destroy all the wicked of the land. So is it time to fight? Well, here's the thing. Here's the difference between David and Asa. Those guys were kings. They had the authority to put the wicked to death. Okay? Do we have that authority? No, we don't. But I will tell you this. I do have some authority in my house. I do have some authority on my property. And you know what? On my property, no homos allowed. 
Okay? No homos in the flesh. You know, no homos on the television. Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're, we're going to cut them off. You know, we're, we're going we're to kill them. And unfortunately, there's so many homos on the cable. You know, we, you, can't, you just can't even get cable. But you know, we're just... I, I can rid my home of those things. I can. It's possible for us where we have authority to get rid of the queers and perverts and all these people. We can do that, but not if we bring that Trojan horse in our house and we just allow whatever filth to come through. You're not going to be able to do that. And so, yeah, we don't have the authority. We can't go drive them out of town or anything like that. I wish we could, but we can't. But we can keep it out of our house. We, that is one thing we are capable of doing. And the goal of this, the goal of this is so we'll have a perfect heart with God. So we can have a close walk with Him. That's why we don't want to set these things before our eyes. So you better watch out for this stuff. You better take it serious. You know, you might think you can handle it, but you know what? If you've got your kids, they might be seeing this stuff. And who knows what might rub off on them. Who knows what they might pick up on. So you better, you better be very careful with that. You don't want it cleaving to them. And we do. We have a responsibility to have a good heart and keep our hearts clean. And so, boy, you're going to have that computer, that television. You're going to have to be careful. And I'm telling you right now, Psalms 101. I, I I don't know exactly what David was talking about when he said I was sitting no wicked thing. What what he specifically was talking about. But I can't read that passage without thinking television. I I, I can't do it. I don't know if it's prophetic or what, but. I think we definitely need to learn from that. So I hope that was a help to you. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your goodness to us. We pray You'll help us to take this serious. Lord, I pray you help us not to just allow the wickedness and the perversion of this world to rub off on us through things like the television, the computer, social media, all those things. I pray You'll help us to have a perfect heart and to follow after You. And I just pray You'll help us get victory over these things in our lives. In Your name we pray. Amen.